morning, everybody. Hope everybody had a great Thanksgiving. I definitely ate too much. I don't know about you, but I tell myself it's okay because I run a 5K when I start the day, but I know it's not equivalent to the calories that I consume. But um, uh, it's funny, uh, every year there's a list. You'll see it in the news, the newspaper. They'll give a list of like things that you shouldn't talk about at the holidays. Have you seen these lists, things you shouldn't talk about? And I was like, why do you have gum? you got to preach, right? i to swallow my gum. You can't preach with gum in your mouth. I read that somewhere. Um, so the, 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 uh, here's a list of six things you're not supposed to talk about at the holidays. Let's see how you guys did this year, because I, I should have given you this last week, but this will just be a review. Past and present family drama. Some of you are laughing because you did it. Parenting advice. Oh, that's a good one across the dining room table, telling your kids and grandkids how to raise their children. Or finances. Don't talk about finances. Diets, calories, intake, things like that. Politics, religion. The problem is that those are all my favorite things to talk about. So I just don't know how to get through a meal without at least one of those coming up. In fact, my, my sister texts me, and uh, she's the more troublemaker. She's probably watching, so this is for you, Chriselle. You're the troublemaker. She texts me. She goes, I carried on the tradition of causing trouble at the holidays, and she said, she said something along the lines of, you know, they're talking about some event, and she said, you do know that's an inside job. And my parents go, is this the conspiracy theory stuff again? And she said, it's not a theory, it's a fact. And I said, just laughed, and I laughed looking at my phone, um, because it just causes trouble. Can I tell you one thing that causes trouble in church when you talk about it? Money. It's one of those things where you say, oh boy, I don't want to talk about money. But we're going to have a good talk about money. And here's why we have to talk about money. You know there's over 2,350 verses in the scripture that talk about money. There's over two times, when you think about uh, the subjects of faith and prayer, those are big issues, right? Those are important things in Christianity, faith and prayer. M money is talked about two times more than both of those combined. Jesus, 15% of his parables were surrounding the issue of, of money. And so I think it's important. I was talking to someone, and I said, how often do you think about money? How often does the idea of money come into your mind? Well, if you're honest, you'd say every single day. Every single day, the issue of money is on our mind. We're spending it, getting it, losing it, uh, whatever it is. Uh, think about what's next with it. And, and, and so I think it's super important to have a Christian ethic, a God-centered ethic around the issue of money. We understand it about marriage. We understand it about parenting. We understand it about things like all these other topics, but money is also one of those things. And so today, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share from a verse that is probably one of the most famous verses in all of Scripture, and it has to do with giving, and that is John 3.16. So let's read this together. For God so loved the world, you probably all have it memorized, that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. This is the word of the Lord to us today. For God so loved that he, he gave, that he gave. I want to share quickly because there is a tradition I understand that once a year in this church, we talk about all the ways that this church has blessed uh, people, uh, blessed uh, different organizations. 
and this is that day, and I'm really excited as I've gotten to learn more and more about Good News Church and all the work it does through its just general heart of generosity and also through missions and mercy. And Nancy Hunter's actually, we're going to play tag team a little bit today for, for my sermon, it's going to be a great time. But I was really blessed to see how generous this, this church is. But I want you to see a few things before we get to that. Number one is that the heart of Father God is a heart of, that's generous, or, or it's a heart of generosity. We, God is a generous God. He loved us so much that he gave. He didn't give an angel. He didn't give a message. He didn't give an idea. He gave the very best heaven had to offer, and it was Jesus, because that was his heart. A heart of love results in a, in a heart of giving. Victor Hugo, the, the guy that wrote Les Miserables and Hunchback in Notre Dame, has a great quote, and he said this, you can give without loving but you can never love without giving. I'm going to read that again. You can give without loving, but you can never love without giving. God is such a generous God. When you just look, I've had, I've had the unique opportunity to travel all around the world and, and see so many things and eat so many different types of food. And I just discovered God is a generous God. I mean, you think about, you know, there's over 10,000 species of birds. There's 25,000 species of just orchids, of one plant, 25,000. God could have just said, you get one orchid, be happy with it. I don't know if you've ever been to an ice cream shop, but he could have just said, you just get vanilla. That's all you get. Your tongue can only taste vanilla. No, but he gives us a thousand varieties of things. Mountains and valleys and rivers and oceans and, and, and mountains to ski on and oceans to surf in. And he just is so generous. Even in his creation, you see the heart of God as a God of generosity. He is lavish with us. I mean, the whole world could be even black and white, but he gives us a cornucopia of color to sight, to taste, to smell. Because he says, I want you to experience my heart. My heart is a heart of of generosity. This is the heart of our God. God is a generous giver. The Bible says his mercies, one of my favorite verses, it says his mercies are new every morning. How many of you are thankful to God that his mercies are new every morning? Because every morning I need fresh mercy from God. It is, you get this much and you run out. It's like your allowance, it's gone. No, it's fresh every day. Give us this day our daily bread. There's fresh bread that God is baking up for us every morning to provide for us all that we need, our mind, our body, our spirit, our soul. He's a generous, generous God. I want you to like really think about that and dwell on that for a second because it leads us to where I'm going. That, that truth is going to shape where I want to take us next. And this is it. Number two, as a believer, all that we have belongs to God. Understand that. All that we have belongs to God. I want to read this verse, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19. Do we have it up on the screen? You can't miss it now because we put it on the side screen, so it's in thousand-point font, so you can read it with me. We have, we have, now we have better hearing. We have better images. Come on, there's no excuse now to obey the Bible now. It's just so easy now. 1 Corinthians 6 says this, Do you not know that your bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit, who is in you, who you receive from God, and here's the, here's the five words I want you to see. You are not your own. You were bought with a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. He's saying, this is not mine anymore. Once I got saved, once I gave my life to Jesus, I gave my whole life to Jesus. All of it. All of it. My thoughts, my words, my gifts, my talents, my money. 
It all belongs to God. I read this story. It said a preacher paid a visit to a farmer and asked, if you had $2,000, would you give $1,000 to the Lord? Sure would, said the farmer. If you had two cows, would you give one cow to the Lord? Yeah, I would. If you had two pigs, would you give one of them to the Lord? The farmer replied, that's not fair. You know I have two pigs. Isn't that how it works? You think, man, if I had a million dollars, what I would do for God? You know, it's so funny. We teach our kids about tithing from an early age, from like allowance stage of like 10% belongs to the Lord. Because tithing off of minimum wage is, is easier than tithing off a six-figure salary or a seven-figure salary. You learn early that it belongs to the Lord. It's so important, and, and we're talking about generosity today, but I, I don't want us to be just thinking about money because generosity comes in many different forms. I mean, in fact, me and Nancy were talking about it. I, I thank God for the generosity of this church when it comes to the issue of prayer, that we generously pray for one another. We care for one another. We love one another. We take care of one another. I watch even how events come together in this church and how people generously serve and, 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 and prepare the house of God and clean the house of God. Those are all aspects of generosity, generosity of love. That's generosity. It says, all that I have See, this is the revelation when we get saved. All that I have comes from God, and it's for God. It's, you know, any of you have kids have had this experience where you take them to, you know, McDonald's or Chick-fil-A or whatever, and there's, they, they get the bag, and you pass it back to them, and, and then they start eating, you know, with contentment back there, and you say, hey, can I have, can I have a French fry? And there comes an awkward silence in the car, you know? And they go into the bag and they find the smallest French fry. And they, they, they barely hand it up to you, the front. Or they'll say, these are my French fries. I'll say, those are my French fries? You're driving in my car. You're living in my house. It's all mine. I just bought those for you with my money. But isn't it so funny how quickly when God gives us stuff, we think it's mine. And God says, hey, would you give me, and wait, that's mine. God reaches to the back seat of Good News Church and says, hey, can I have a, have, have a French fry? And we go, where's the smallest, littlest one that I could give back to God? That ought not to be our heart. Our heart to be able to say, all that we have comes from the Lord, and it's all for the Lord. And some of it we bring to the house of God. It's called tithes. Some of it is offerings. We're going to talk about that today. We have a great opportunity to, to love somebody in our area, which is, it's above and beyond. So our generosity starts in the house of God, but it does not end in the house of God. Everywhere we go, we should be asking ourselves, is this an opportunity that God wants me to use me to bless somebody else? I'll tell you what, I have so many regrets when it comes to purchases. How about you? You buy stuff, it comes, and, and even if it's something you're super excited about, the high of getting fades very quickly. I cannot wait. Once I get this thing, man, I'm going to be so happy. I'm going to be so excited. And so, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a tracker of packages. How about you? Like you track it. Where is it? Where is my package? Where is my package? You go on Amazon now, it's like, it's really bit, it's built for neurotic people like now. Okay, just left Ohio. Okay, 
My package left Ohio. What takes eight hours? It doesn't take eight hours to get, why hasn't said arrived at the distribution? Like, why do you, we do these things? You know, like a few years ago, just you ordered it and it got here when it got here. Now we track it. I'll never forget, I got a package a few years ago. It came from Ohio. I really wanted it. It was like next day mail. It went from Ohio, if you understand geography, it went from Ohio to, to Syracuse, which is only an hour away from me. So I'm like, okay, here it comes. And then it went to New York City. I'm like, where? You're lost. Package, you're lost. Where did it go? And then it went back to Ohio. I'm like, what is going on with my package? And I'm waiting for this package to arrive. I spent so much energy. By the time I got there, I didn't even care. It was, I wasn't even excited about it. Even they say in psychology, when you study it, when you, you know the Bible says it's more blessed to give than to receive. We know that scripture, right? What's interesting is, is getting has a certain amount of time that you enjoy it. They say giving, the joy of giving lasts five times longer than the joy of getting. Why don't you think about this? I'm a dad. And it, it changes as your kids get older. The wonderment of Christmas kind of is not as the same thing because you got to actually wake the teenagers up for Christmas. Like, can we, have, can we have Christmas now? Please, can we have Christmas now? I'm begging for Christmas, and I'm the dad. But when they're little, they come down, and they are just, just freaking out. They're so excited. And, man, there's nothing I would ever get at Christmas that would top the joy of watching my little kids tear open a box and get the thing they wanted. It was a joy because it was, it's, it's the father's heart to give. Right? It's the father's heart and the mother's heart. But I say father because father God, it's in his heart to give. And so as we understand this, the next thing, here's the best part of it, is that we can start to be like God. Number three, as our hearts become more like God's, we grow in generosity. 2 Corinthians 3, 18 says this, And we all... With unveiled faces, behold the glory of God. Remember I just talked about who is God? God is a generous God. We behold this one aspect here. And we are being transformed, look at this, into the same image. From one degree of glory to another. For this comes from God who is spirit. I don't know if I put this on the screen, but we become what we behold. We become what we behold. And as we stare at the face of God, as we, uh, last week I was talking about the scripture and prayer. I've been talking about this whole series. As we fill ourselves with who God is and we just look at it, we want to be like it. It's interesting. I have a, I have a, I have a nine-year-old. I don't think I'll embarrass him, but he'll say, I want to get this thing. Whether it's a certain type of sneaker or a, a certain haircut. I go, where did you even, I don't even know what that is. Like, where did you even get that idea in your head? I'll tell you why. It's called YouTube. It's called his friends, and these images come in front of him, you know, and <laughs> when the little kids were young, it was so funny, something would come on the screen, and it would be like an advertisement for pizza, and all of them are like, mom, I want pizza. It's like all of a sudden, it's like you, you see it, right, and you start meditating on it and dwelling on it and desiring it. That's, that's what advertising is all about. Putting an image in front of you until it convinces you you can't live without this thing. You know who the master of this is? I'll tell you right now. The master of this is Apple, Apple products. Apple products, they invent something that never existed before, and they come in front of you and they say, I don't even know how you're living without this who's my that I'm about to show you. Like, I don't even know how you made it this far without an iPad. Like, I don't even know how you live. Like, you're terrible people. You need, you, and you're like, I, I am, and I don't know how I'm even living, and take my money. 
because I need whatever you're selling me. Like, they literally sell you that way. They're like, you cannot, you can't even live without this watch. If you don't know your heart rate, you're going to just, you're just going to die. So you have to have it. And you're like, okay, I, I will. And so it convinces you that there's a void. Can I, the other one who's great at this is God. You behold him, he says, look at you. You're not okay. And you're like, you're right, I'm not okay. And you need to change. Yeah, I, I do. You're right, I do need to change. And either you do one of two things when you are confronted with the holiness of God. Either you conform to the image of God or you run away from God. It's only choice. Every day when you pray or spend time with God and the Holy Spirit convicts you, oh, oh man, I'm out of line. You're praying. You had a perfectly, you had a good plan. The plan was pray for your day, Pray for your kids, pray for your job, and the Holy Spirit interrupts your prayer schedule to say, you shouldn't have talked to your wife like that yesterday. That wasn't on my list. It's, uh, that wasn't on my list. Well, God's like, it's on my list, and we're going to either, what do you want to do about that? And in that moment, I either say, yes, Lord, or yes, Mark. And this is where the verse says, we're, be, we're becoming transformed in the image of God. Look at one degree, I love it, one degree of glory to another. Don't you wish we'd grow by 100 degrees at once? We don't. It's little by little, step by step, daily bread by daily bread by daily bread by step by step. But also, our carnality, our worldness, worldliness works in the same exact way, one step away from God at a time. I was talking to a friend who God is doing a good work in his life. And he said, Mark, it's hard because it's like I've, I've walked into the woods five miles and now I got to walk five miles back out of the woods. See, repentance isn't being teleported to another dimension. It, it literally means you're walking in this direction. Repentance isn't even saying sorry. Repentance means turning. And now you start going in this direction. But if you've ever done this for yourself, right, it's like a diet. When you finally step on the scale, you avoided it like it was your enemy. And you step on it and you realize, oh, I've never done this. You step on a scale and you see a number and then you step back off it. Maybe, maybe, maybe it was confused, you know. Maybe it was confused. That can't be. Babe, did you check the batteries on this thing? You step off and finally you come to terms with it. Oh, man, that's like... That's like me and a middle schooler. Like how did, and so that revelation doesn't make anyone healthier. You, ounce by ounce, by good meal by good meal, you're transformed into the image that you want to be and where you step on. The scale of our spirituality changes one degree at a time. How? By beholding the image of Jesus in our eyes all the time. Not social media, not, not, our, not websites, not not political pundits, as we look at Jesus, as we behold Jesus, we start to say, I want to be like him, and I want to be like him, and I want to be like him. And one of the ways that you become like him is you look at him and say, wow, he is a generous God. Martin Luther said this, I love this quote, there are three conversions necessary. The conversion of the heart, mind, and the purse. He goes on to say, a religion that gives nothing, costs nothing, and suffers nothing is worth nothing. It's interesting that, you know, as we sit here in this church, and because we, we're sitting in this church today with the lights on and the air conditioning blowing and everything nice, is because you have generously given to the church. And we're thankful for that. 
1 Timothy 6 says this, Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant or to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasures for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age, so they may take hold of the life, I love this, that is truly life. Truly life. I want us as a church to take hold of life that's truly life, not the life that culture sells us. They say, if you look this way and have this thing and live in this place and do this hobby, you will have life. And the older you get, and maybe you've even been able to achieve some of those things, you go, I don't know if that is really life. And God would say, it's not. It's not stuff that makes life life. You know, there, I think one of my, one of my favorite, one of the favorite, like, uh, commercials is for Lincoln Cars with Matthew McConaughey. Have you seen it? He's just the coolest guy, like, in the world, you know? And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's driving a Lincoln, you know, his hair looks good, and you're like, man, I think I need a Lincoln. Like, I just don't look that good in my Honda. I mean, I bet you, I, I mean, I bet you I would be as cool as Matthew McConaughey if I, yeah, yeah, I was just driving my Lincoln. And you get, and if you put me in a Lincoln, I'd look like me in a Lincoln. <laughs> you get in a Lincoln, you're like, oh, shoot, I still look like Mark Schilling. I don't look like him at all, you know? But that's how it's selling is sold. It's a, you got to get this thing. And listen, the scripture comes as no, I want you, Good News Church, to take hold of life that is truly life. It's not in getting, it's in giving. It is in giving. Now you might say, whoa, 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 I caught you, Pastor Mark. See, this, this verse, is, it says, it says, command those who are rich. <laughs> no, that's not me. I'm not rich. So this is for my, this maybe, maybe someone else. It's not for me. I tell my kids all the time, you know we're rich, right? We're not rich. I said, we're rich. We are rich. Look at, look at that roof. When it rains, it doesn't fall on us. I go to the fridge. Look at the fridge is full. Look at the clean water. I can, I can do this all day. Water just comes out. You can drink it. Do you know how many people in this world don't have any of those things? See, you're comparing yourself with like Jupiter Island or, or, or Palm Beach. No, when you look at the world, most of us in this room would be considered rich. Shoot, you're like, crap. Now this verse applies to me. Yes, it applies to you. I am rich in this present age. You know, even when I was moving, I felt convicted. You live in upstate New York. I have like this fear of freezing to death, you know? Can I, it never, it never, doesn't happen in Florida, but you could literally freeze to death in New York. And I, I had so many winter jackets. I had built up, I must have had 10 winter jackets. 10. The Bible doesn't even cover 10. It says if you have two, give one away. <laughs> It doesn't say 10. They're like, what are you doing with 10 jackets? Why do you even need 10 jackets? But you look around, you start to realize, I'm blessed. I could do with less and bless more people. Listen, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with money. Let me be very clear. Money is not evil. No, oh, the Bible says money is the root of all evil. No, no, it doesn't. People often misquote that verse. It says the love of money is the root of evil. I have known some rich people who are extremely generous. And I have seen poor people that are greedy. It's not the amount of money you have. 
See, God isn't concerned with you having money. He's concerned with money having you. Do you hear what I just said, church? So so listen, if if you have a Lamborghini or a Rolex, I don't even care. That's awesome. Good for you. But you could also be greedy on a bicycle. See, God is not about the amount of money in your bank. It's, he's, it's your relationship with money and how money holds your heart. If God comes and says, hey, give me one of those French fries, you should say, here it is, Lord. Whatever you want of me, all that I have is from you, and it is all for you. I read this funny story. I'll read it, and then we're going to talk about some of the things that have been going on in this church this year, which is fantastic. James Kennedy tells the story of a man who came to Peter Marshall, former chaplain for the United States Senate, with a concern about tithing. He said, I have a problem. I have been tithing for some time. It wasn't too bad when I was making $20,000 a year. I could afford to give $2,000. But you see, now I'm making $500,000, and there's just no way I can afford to give away $50,000 a year. Dr. Marshall reflected on this wealthy man's dilemma, but gave no advice. He simply said, yes, sir, I see that you do have a problem. I think we got to pray about it. Is that all right? So the man agreed. So Dr. Marshall bowed his head and prayed with bold authority. Dear Lord, this man has a problem, and I pray that you help him. Lord, reduce his salary back to a place where he can afford to tithe again. It's all about perspective, isn't it, church? (laughs) I'm not going to pray that over you today. (laughs) I pray our hearts grow in generosity. And man, we've been generous this year. I want to put on the board, on the screens, I'm glad we have these big screens because we have a lot of people to highlight today. People that we've given to in the last last year. Do Do we have that slide to put up? Oh gosh, I hope we do. Logan, do we have it back there? I can, I can see your hat. Ask the hat a nod, yes or no, and I'll know. Oh, there it is. Beautiful. Thank you. Awesome. So we have a lot. I, we must have a bunch of slides, but these are, uh, time does not permit to go over every single one of these and, and what they do, but I want to thank Nancy Hutter and the hard work you've done this year. She makes sure that everyone that we give to as a church is a legit organization. I don't know if you know this, but a lot of the nonprofits, they can spend up to, I think, like, I think they're legally allowed to spend up to 90% of their money on admin costs, administrative costs, and only 10% actually goes to the thing they say they're about. Nancy's worked hard to make sure that these organizations are are giving most of it. I don't know if we have a number, but most of it's going right to those needs. So scroll through some of these, because I know we have more even on the local. So we divide it by local, and then um, do we have the next slide? I think so. There we go. Some of these you know, some of these you might not know, but every month we're, we're looking for organizations to give to. Thank you for that. And then we have some ones that kind of, uh, we call it beyond local. Some of these are national and uh, international um, groups that we've, we've supported, which has just been fantastic. This year we estimate that we are going to give, as a church, $55,000 away to our community and, and, and the world. How many think that's awesome? I think that's just fantastic. We're already praying for next year, how to really create a big vision uh, to help even maybe missionaries around the world and to do some really amazing things. Um, this Christmas, we're doing something special. We, we really sort of think, how could we make an impact locally? 
You know, there's, there's people that just, just frankly, they kind of abuse the system sometimes and you feel like, is, is my money going to something that's making a difference? And so for Christmas this year, we really want to find someone or someone's plural. We're still praying that there's other people that come along. But I want to invite uh, Nancy to come to the stage and join me here. Um, we, she helped find this, this, just by God's providence, really it was uh, a, a real need in the area. And she's going to tell you about a little girl named Charlie we're going to bless uh, this year for Christmas as a church. Let's welcome Nancy as she comes to the stage. Good morning. Um, you can rest assured with your tithes that your board prays about it. We investigate it. I've, I've talked to so many um, places this year that I never expected to speak to. And I said, let me know who is there helping you, who's on the ground. And um, we're careful about that. When Pastor Mark brought up um, the situation about let's do something to make an impact, I started looking and I finally realized I need to stop looking and start praying. And God just put somebody in, in um perfectly to fit the puzzle pieces that we were looking at. Uh, there's a little girl named Charlie. I um, requested Donna Ledford send out an email uh, about three or four weeks ago about a young girl that was having an asthma attack. She, on a Saturday, they thought she had a cold. And by that afternoon, she was in an emergency room and um, she was intubated and flown to Shands to the pediatric unit, and they weren't really sure if Charlie was going to make it. Um, Charlie and her family are new to our community. They only live about two miles from here. And Charlie, her older brother, her uh, younger sister, she has a two-year-old sister. Charlie is a third grader at Leesburg Elementary. Charlie and her family, both parents work, both, um, they, they have just recently relocated. They are from Hawaii, and they are now living in Leesburg, and they really don't have a community yet. One of the things we were looking for, God, help us bring somebody into our community and into the love of God through our church. Uh, my daughter is a teacher at Charlie's school, and she called me one day and said, Mom, I need you to stop and pray right now. We've got the sweetest little girl that is in critical condition, and they don't believe she's going to make it. Through a series of phone calls through their principal at Leesburg Elementary, who they immediately took up a small collection, uh, Charlie's mother from the emergency room heard that her daughter was being life flighted. She was in a van that the power steering is going out. And she said, I just said, God, you've got to get me there. She didn't know where Gainesville, Florida was. She and her husband started on a journey from barely making it paycheck to paycheck to having this crisis of, is our daughter going to live? And we're going to have to think about these bills later. You see, I have 20 cards and I've looked at one. Um, may I have the first picture? Here it is. Oh. Can we have the first picture, please? This is Charlie, her mom, and her older brother, who is 12. Uh, Charlie has always had a little problem with allergies, but this shocked the family. They went from this to the next picture, please, to this in 24 hours. Um, as I've gotten to know the mom, one of the things, the first day I talked to her, she said, oh, just knowing that your church 
is praying for my Charlie would be enough to make my entire day. To know you want to help us, I don't have any words to talk to you about it. Charlie had four procedures, uh, surgeries. She, it, it was touch and go for many, many days. The next picture, please. Charlie, they first were able to start taking tubes away. And on Thanksgiving morning, I got a text from Charlie's mom that said the doctor just came in and we're going home. Charlie is home. Charlie's not over. Her memory is affected. At first, she only recognized her mom and dad. Slowly but surely, she's starting to come around with those kind of things. But she's going to be treated at Shands on an outpatient basis. There are so many immediate needs for this family. One, having a vehicle to travel back and forth. She has worked out a situation where a bus system is going to help get her to Gainesville appointments. The next thing, I got a text yesterday morning after I texted and said, how is Charlie doing today? And she said, slowly improving every day. I can feel the prayers of your church. In our conversations, she said, I think this is so weird because Charlie has been asking me questions lately about God. I had kind of turned my back on organized religion. She said, my husband and I just had said right before this happened, we need to find a church. I think we found Charlie and maybe Charlie has found a church. As Pastor Mark said, we're not asking for your tithes. Those go back there to help run our church. We're asking you if you would consider going above and beyond and helping Charlie and her family. She told me yesterday as I was checking on her, she said, this morning, Charlie asked me if she could get a real bed. We don't realize how difficult it is for some people just trying to get by. They are living in an apartment. Both parents are working, but they are sleeping on mattresses on the floor, and Charlie sleeps on a folded-out futon. And I guess after having that wonderful, comfortable hospital bed, she realized that she might need a, a regular bed in her room. I think she's spending more time in bed than she ever did before as a little eight- or nine-year-old girl. So we are asking that we are going to be passing out envelopes. This is Charlie's Christmas. First of all, we're asking for your prayers that this sweet little girl and this family come to know the Lord through this and get to know that there's a community of people. She said, we have never asked for help before, and I'm embarrassed. I said, you didn't ask for help. I called you and offered it. That made her feel so much less anxious. And she said, I don't even know how to go out into the community and get help. And I said, let me worry about that, and you worry about your little girl getting better. And just hearing those words made her cry. I'm just asking that you prayerfully consider our project for this year. We're not going to have the Christmas tree where we each bring in bags. We are going to do, Pastor Mark brought this to us and said, can we make an impact and change the lives of a family? And I think this is exactly what God told me that we should do. So I'm going to let you talk about the... Thank you, Nancy. That's so awesome. You know, we're going to pray. You know, I said when I was just preaching just a second ago, I've had a lot of regrets in the things I've purchased for myself, but I've never regretted generosity. I've never regretted 
even to the house of God. I, I can think of stories when, uh, my wife is more generous than me, by the way. I just want to put that out there. So when the preacher says, we want you to pray uh, for a number that you want to give, hers is always higher than the number I get. I, I don't know why. Maybe she hears in both ears. I only hear in one from the Holy Spirit. But, but I'm like, I want to give 100. She's like, I want to give 1,000. I'm like, oh, shoot. <laughs> but we also have a rule in our home that the, high, the higher standard wins. And so I, I'm not going to risk it. And so, uh, but there's been, there were times when we were young and married and broke. I'm sure some of you know what that's all about when you first get married. And and uh, we were doing a, a building fund uh, in our church for, I believe, it was our children's wing. I was trying to remember the details of the story I mean, my, with my wife yesterday. But the Lord told me to give $1,000, and I did not have $1,000. It was a pledge, mind you, a pledge for the next year. But I wrote it down in faith. I said, Lord, if you give me that money, help me know it's that. It's not my paycheck, because I knew where my paychecks were going. They were going right out the door to my bills, you know. And so it would have to be above and beyond. And quickly, we were trying to remember the details, that that money came in, and I knew it was from the Lord. And you know what? Even being broke as I was, I don't remember what I bought for myself that year. I don't remember to this day. I couldn't tell you one thing I bought for myself, but I remember I gave to the house of God. And, I, and it's a sweet memory because it's, it's more blessed to give than to receive. And so for this, for this family here, what we're going to be doing for the next uh, couple weeks, you're going to see these in the back. Uh, you can pick one of these... She's going to hand them out at the door, even better. And you have a couple weeks to bring these back in. And we're not just going to give a check. We want to really figure out ways to uniquely bless this family, even presents for the rest of the kids. I'm sure the parents haven't thought about Christmas shopping. They're not thinking about any of that stuff. So we're really going to give this family a Christmas. Um, is it about things? No. But it's about being in the hands and feet of Jesus. You know, it's interesting. If you read the scriptures, Jesus often met a practical need before he met a spiritual need. His first miracle was not a sermon. It was turning water into wine. People were hungry. He gave them bread. He didn't call them superficial. He realized there was a practical need, and he met that practical need. And this is what we're doing. We're, we're clearing the space by meeting a practical need for hopefully the power of God to touch this great family. So we want you to uh, pray about this. If you, if you don't feel to give, that's okay, but I know some of you definitely want to. We've already designated how much we're going to be giving uh, to this family. So if we go above and beyond that, we're going to have to kind of figure out what to do next uh, for that. might go into the other, other ways we can give with missions and mercy, but we've already designated what we're going to give. So I want us to stand to our feet. I want to, I want to pray. Nancy, would you join me? I want to pray for this family. I want to pray for this family. That We're going to close in prayer. Lord, we thank you that you, God, are a generous God. And Lord, that you so love the world that you gave us Jesus. And so, Lord, as we look on the face of Jesus, we want to become more like Jesus. And one of the ways we can become more like Jesus is to have the heart of generosity. So, Lord, we pray that you would uh, help this family. Lord, we speak the life of Jesus Christ over this little girl right now, that she be totally healed with no lasting side effects, that her memory be restored, her physical body, her throat that was damaged in, in, in the process would be totally healed, God, and you would just do a miracle. Lord, we just pray for this church, Lord, in this season, that, God, you would just continue to do miracles. Lord, even as we enter into, into the Christmas season next week, God, that, Lord, this house will be filled with people who are hungry and looking for hope and help, and it's found in Jesus. We pray your blessing to be on us, and your grace to be in us, and flowing through us for our good, and for your glory. We pray this all in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you, church. Checks can be written to Good News Church. Um, it would be best if you put, if you don't have one of these envelopes, if you put it in an envelope, they would love Christmas cards. That would be great. But earmark it, Charlie. Charlie. Amen. God bless you guys. Have a great Sunday. We'll see you next week here at Good News Church. God bless you.